0: Welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers on irishtalkers.com
1: Welcome Toastmasters to segment two of this week's offering of the Talk Show for Talkers on irishtalkers.com You can find us through our email address which is info at irishtalkers.com What we have today is an offering on YouTube of one of the most well-known, if not the the best-known, of all financial gurus, Mr. Warren Buffett, and he's going to give you the opportunity for the 10 biggest secrets to success from his point of view. So he's going to give you the top 10 rules. So enjoy he was the single
2: most successful investor of the 20th century. Time Magazine named him one of the most influential people in the world. He's worth over $70 billion. He's Warren Buffett, and here are his top 10 rules for success. How can other people tap dance to work? What's the secret of that? You find your passion. You find your passion. I was very, very lucky to find it you know, when I was... Uh, Seven or eight years old, and you know, and, and fortunately, my children have found their passion. My, you know, one son loves farming like nothing else. One son loves music like everything else, and, and all three of them love philanthropy and what they get to do. You're lucky in life when you, you find it, and uh, you can't guarantee you're going to find it in your first job out. But I always tell the college students that come out. I say, take the job that you would take if you were independently wealthy. You know, that's you're going to do well at it. If you think you're going to be a lot happier if you've got two x instead of x. You're probably making a mistake. I mean, it, uh, it, uh, you, ought, you, ought to, you ought to find something you like that's, that works with that. And it and you'll get in trouble if, if you think that making 10x or 20x is the answer to everything in life, because then you will do things like borrow money when you shouldn't, or or maybe cut corners on, on things that your employer wants you to cut corners on. Or, it just doesn't make any sense. You won't like it when you look back on it. Three things in hiring people look for integrity, intelligence and energy, and he said if the if person didn't have the first two, that the latter two would kill him, because if they don't have integrity, you want them dumb and lazy, you don't want them smart and energetic. It never bothered me if people disagreed with what I thought, uh, as long as I felt I knew the facts. I mean, I, there's a whole bunch of things I don't know to think about, I just stay away from those. Uh, so I stay a, within what I call my circle of competence. You know, that. Uh, and Tom Watson said it best. He said, "You know, he said, he said, I'm no genius, but I'm smart in spots, and I stay around those spots." Well, I try and stay around those spots, and I, I just don't have a, a problem if if uh, if somebody says, you know, you're wrong on something. I just I go back and look at the facts, and and, and it, I think that I think that really is much more important, frankly, than than having a few points of IQ or or having an extra course or two in in school or anything of the sort. You need emotional stability. I just read and read and read. I probably read five to six hours a day. I don't read as fast now as as when I was younger, but I read five daily newspapers. I read a fair number of of magazines. I read 10 K's. I read annual reports and I read a lot of other things, too. So I I, I've always enjoyed reading. I love reading biographies famous lesson about a margin of safety, that you don't drive a truck that weighs 9,900 pounds across a bridge that says limit 10,000 pounds, because you can't be that sure about it. If you see something like that, you go down a little further down the road and you find one that says limit 20,000 pounds, and that's the one you drive across. The nature of capitalism is that people want to come in and take your castle, it's perfectly understandable. I mean, if I'm selling television sets or something, there's going to be 10 other people that are going to try and sell a better television set. If I have a restaurant here in Omaha, people are going to try and copy my menu and give more parking and take my chef and so on. So capitalism's all about somebody coming and trying to take the castle. Now what you need is you need a castle that has some durable competitive advantage, some castle that has a moat around it. And that moat, one of the best moats in many respects is to be a low-cost producer. But sometimes the moat is just having more talent. I mean, if you're the heavyweight champion of the world and you keep knocking out people, you've got a competitive advantage as long as you can keep doing it. And it's very profitable uh, if you're the one that happens to be able to do it. If you can turn out great motion pictures, I mean, you know, Steven Spielberg, I mean, he, he, he's a fellow to bet on. And, and it has enormous economic value. You'd be surprised at... at at my days. I mean, they are they're very unstructured, uh, no meetings, uh, none, I mean, we don't, I don't like meetings, uh, and uh, I read a lot. Uh, I wish I were a faster reader, I, you know, I'd get more done, but I, I, but I do read a lot, and I, I, uh, I'm on the phone a, m- a moderate amount. Uh, uh, our businesses run themselves basically out there. My job is allocating capital, and, and that 's what i 'm thinking about uh, but i don 't like to have things all packed hour to hour to hour and Phil and, and I are both extraordinarily lucky. I mean we really get to do what we like to do the way we want to do it with people that we choose to be around and that 're terrific i mean we 've really got everything uh, our way and it, we 're very fortunate and in his world he has some he has a different Kind of pace than I have, but we both love it the way we do it and and uh, uh, my guess is that we 're each the most productive in that particular mode too because it it, 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 it it fits our personalities and, and, and aptitudes. what kills great businesses if you look at I do, I do believe in looking at history and I, 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 and I try to I, I like to study failure, actually. And my, my partner says all I want to know is where I'll die so I'll never go there. And, and we want to see what has caused businesses to go bad. And the biggest thing that kills them is complacency. I mean, you, you want a, a restlessness, a, a feeling that you know that, that somebody's always after you, but you're going to stay ahead of them. You, you always want to be on the move. And, and uh, uh, when you've got... A great business, you know, like Coca-Cola, which is there aren't any like Coca-Cola, but but uh, you really the, the danger would always be that you rest on your laurels. But I see none of that, obviously, at Coca-Cola. But that, that that is the key to to compete the same way when you've got 1.8 billion servings being sold daily as when you were selling you know 10 a day, and and that restlessness, that belief that that. Tomorrow's more exciting than today. You, know, you just have to have it permeate the organization.
1: Who was Ben Graham? He he was your primary mentor model.
2: He was a wonderful man, and he was my professor at Columbia. I read his book when I was 19 at the University of Nebraska, and I'd started investing when I was 11, and I started reading about it when I was like seven. So I'd gone through all. I read every book in the Omaha Public Library that there was on by the time I was 12 on, on investing in stock market, and I had a lot of fun. But I never really found out. I never got grounded in anything, and it, it was it was entertaining, but it wasn't going to be profitable. And then I read Graham's book, The Intelligent Investor, when I was at the University of Nebraska, and pulled it that all just together. opened the whole thing up to me. Yeah, and I and I named my my oldest son is named Howard after my dad, Graham Buffett, and, and he was a marvelous man. Never expected anything from me in return. Ben Graham, in his low in his low teens, looked around and he looked at the people he admired. And he said, you know, I want to be admired, so why don't I just behave like them? And he found there was nothing impossible about behaving like them. And similarly, he, he did the same thing on, on the reverse side in terms of getting rid of those qualities. You have given um, a lot of fabulous advice. But what's the best advice that you've ever received? Well, I, I received it in a variety of forms, particularly from my father when I was very young. But I mean, he he basically, I think, taught me how to live, not that I... Did it perfectly or anything like that? But I mean, he was giving me lessons, but he wasn't doing it by preaching to me. He was doing it by example. But basically, uh, well, the biggest lesson, in a sense, I got is the power of unconditional love. I mean, I think there is no power on earth like unconditional love, and I think that if if you offer that to your child, I mean, you're 90 percent of the way home. And uh, there may be days when you don't feel like it. It's not uncritical love. <laughs> That's a different animal. But but to know you'll always can come back. I mean that is, that is huge in life, that takes you a long, long way. And I would say that every parent out there that that can extend that to their child at a very young age, that's gonna make for a better human being. And you felt like you got that kind of unconditional love from your dad. I absolutely did, yeah. It's a powerful thing. It is a powerful thing. Thank you for watching. I'd love to know what you think of Warren Buffett as an entrepreneur. Let me know your thoughts by leaving it in the comments below. I made this video because Ray Carter asked me to. So if there's a famous entrepreneur that you want me to profile, leave it again in the comments below and I'll see what I can do for you. Thank you for watching, continue to believe and I'll see you soon.
1: Well, I hope you may have learned something from that particular offering Toastmasters. I know the first thing that jumped out at me was that I'm going to get on to Mr. Buffett and ask him, would he like to join Toastmasters? Because I think in that particular recording anyway, he was speaking too fast. What did you think, Paul?
0: Well, I'm also going to get on to him and ask him to join because at least his espoused values fit terribly well with Toastmasters values I was very struck by his number one value being integrity
1: yes
0: now isn't that a bit familiar do you know any any big organization in the world that has isn't all that well known I suppose but which specialises in helping people to become more effective communicators and leaders. Yes, of course. Do you know any organisation that might have that as one of its... Yeah,
1: Toastmasters, obviously, respect.
0: Has he been invited to a world convention of Toastmasters?
1: Well, Uh, before I I do that, Paul, I'd invite him to a club. And, you know, I'm going to give you a challenge here, Paul, because you said you're going to invite him as well. I'm going to ask you, will you invite Warren Buffett to come to Blarney Toastmasters? Well, since it's your
0: idea, Ted, I'd hate to steal the good idea from you. I'll concentrate on inviting somebody who will introduce him. But you get him on the blower. Oh, no, he yeah, he takes phone calls, but he doesn't come to meetings.
1: That's a bit of a problem, isn't it? How could we get into? Oh, no, co- he doesn't. He doesn't like meetings where he has to sit down and discuss the nuts and bolts of of the, the, the multinational that he's he's running at the moment. Our meeting is the complete opposite as a Toastmasters meeting to what he was referring to. He was right. referring to that that board room and I'm I, I'm pronouncing board as B O R E D Rather than B O A R D, whereas you're never bored when you come to a Toastmasters meeting.
0: Well, look, as Secretary of Blarney Club, which I know you are this year, I'm sure that it's probably wrong for me, um, who's just a membership person, to take over. I'll wait until you get Warren Buffett to the meeting and then I'll convert him to member, okay?
1: Okay, okay. Now, what else did you like about what he had to say there? I mean, obviously, the intelligence. Uh, the integrity and the energy were interesting ones and I like the way he said if they didn't have the second two then the first two weren't or if you didn't if you didn't have the first one, the integrity, then the second one wasn't very useful because you didn't want intelligent people with bursting with energy, running around the place with all integrity. Thank you for listening, listeners.
0: Listen again tomorrow for the third episode of the Talk Show for Talkers this week and coming Tomorrow will be a guy who's we barely know well enough. He's been in Toastmasters for a while and he'll be talking about well, your district needs you. The talk show for talkers is published every week in sections at 4 p.m. every Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Go to our website irishtalkers.com for more information.